The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Greetings, scribes. Just a reminder that you can now sign up for the Writer Files Extra email newsletter to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox. I'll be personally sending added insights, the first shot at Writer Files merch, links to curated collections of shows, and that's just the beginning. Sign up today at writerfiles.fm. It's that simple. You'll find the Writer Files Extra sign up form a link to listen to the archives, and more about my indie podcast production company, New Media Dojo. Just type writerfiles.fm into your web browser, and there's a link in the show notes. I'd also like to ask for your continued support to help keep the show alive. As the sole host and producer of the podcast, it's been largely a labor of love these last few years. Through the generosity of listeners like you, we can get back to a weekly slate of interviews. And a huge shout out to those of you who've already donated. I want to thank personally supporters Keely S. and Eric M. You're literally helping keep the lights on. So when you sign up for the free email newsletter at writerfiles.fm, you'll see that donate button there to securely support the show through PayPal. Every donation, no matter the size, makes a huge difference. If we provide content that is valuable to you in any way, please consider a one-time or small monthly donation. I've got a lot more to share with you. And there's also a survey at writerfiles.fm if you're interested in starting your own podcast. If you want the newsletter to support the show or any of the things I just mentioned, do me a solid. Go to writerfiles.fm. Thank you. As always, I appreciate you. So they started sharing these stories in classrooms that around the dinner table and at home. It helped these kids, and honestly, all of us, make sense of something that, like life, we're all going through. My project started just about you, like we all live, right? So that's what we have in common. Now we all have the second thing in common. We've all gone through this pandemic, whether we like it or not, whether we believe in vaccinations or not. And the kids had a way to kind of take part in that conversation. And that's what I think is like the kind of, for me, and I'm used to this now, but when I saw this, this form was a surprising form of giving kids agency. You know, self-expression is a form of therapy. And so this book is uh, both a time capsule through the lens of education. It's all by teachers, students, and parents of something that will happen, but it's also a way at this moment, this moment as we talk together in the fall of 2021, still make sense of something we're all going through. 
And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your humble host, Kelvin Reed, wishing you wisdom, words, and wherewithal, per usual. A journalist and founder of the best-selling six-word memoirs series, Larry Smith, spoke to me about his evolution as a journalist, TEDxing the six-word memoir, and famous micro-memoirists. In the early days of Twitter, with a single tweet in 2006, can you describe your life in six words? Larry Smith launched what would go on to become a runaway global phenomenon. The Six Word Memoir Project has gone on to become a best-selling series of books, live event programs, a board game, and a popular lesson plan taught by teachers around the world. The 10th book in that series, A Terrible, Horrible, No Good Year, Hundreds of Stories on the Pandemic, offers a snapshot of unique viewpoints of kids, parents, and teachers sharing their six-word pandemic stories. The book also features numerous notable contributors, including Piper Kerman, Smith's wife and author of Orange is the New Black, W. Kumau Bell, CNN commentator and comedian, Liz Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, and many others. In this file, Larry and I discussed interning with Dave Eggers at SF Weekly and launching Smith magazines, shortened attention spans and the influence of Ernest Hemingway, the power of storytelling for processing complex emotions, why writers need to get outside and take a walk occasionally, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. If you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published. And please drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to help other writers find us. We are rolling once again on The Writer Files, and I am honored today to be joined by the Honorable uh, Larry Smith. Uh, how's it going, man? What, what, what is happening over there in Berkeley? It's great to be with you from very vaccinated, very well-behaved Berkeley, California. <laughs> you have to be in a pandemic, and I hope none of us have to be in one again. It's not a bad place to be. The weather is pretty good, and Really, like when we were allowed to take off our masks for that one week, no one seemed to. So uh, as far as these things go, lucky to be here. It's a good community of writers and creators, but writers and creators are everywhere, which is honestly part of why I do what I do. Well, I can't wait to talk about all things uh, six-word memoir project related and the latest in that um, lauded series. But um, let's talk a little bit about your superhero origin story you know if if you want to talk about kind of your background as a journalist and or creator um yeah kind of how this whole kind of viral you know sensation came into being and um i love this origin story it's very inspiring well it came with a combination of uh, good timing luck um and I, i think organically so uh, the origin story, well, for me, I, I kind of grew up single-mindedly. I wanted to be a writer, you know, um, uh, high school newspaper, I think fourth grade newspaper, college newspaper, loved writing, loved the community, loved the camaraderie, the energy of, you know, and what's a writer's job? A writer's job is to ask people questions, right? And I was working in magazines, you know, happily living in uh, the Bay Area back in the 90s when, you know, rent was $300 and now it's a little bit more. <laughs> Then eventually went to New York to print magazines, and you know, in the late '90s, early 2000s, were still a thing. 
Mm-hmm. And my dream was to work for print magazines. And I did actually. The first place I worked, which was for free, was for Dave Eggers Might Magazine, which some of your Gen X listeners or a little older may remember. That's um, wild, and he was, yeah. we, were, we were both interns at the SF Weekly <laughs> in the 90s. So, uh, cool. and that was a hoot, right? Like Dave's still so inspirational. Um, as someone who just believes in helping people tell stories, especially young people. But I got to New York to get to the world of print magazines. And I had jobs, good ones, ESPN Magazine and Men's Journal and a magazine called POV, which is kind of work hard, play hard. And learned a lot, loved, loved all that. And the one frustration I had, especially when I was uh, doing more freelance writing and I would pitch editors, is, you know, I wanted to write about uh, the amazing feats that everyday people could accomplish, that the fact that everyone has a story. And then if you just ask and dig around, there's stories everywhere, not just around celebrities or someone who got, you know, stuck for like three days, you know, uh, on a hike and, you know, maybe ate off their arm, that kind of thing. And what you would hear was, yeah, we can't really do stories about regular people. And the unspoken (laughs) thing, especially in women's magazines was, oh, well, we we do stories about regular people, unfamous people, when bad things happen to pretty people, right? Mm-hmm. So that was sort of a frustration. And so for about three years, 2003 to 2006, I went around to all the big publishing companies because I could get in the door because I'd been doing that for a while. I said, hey, I want to create a new kind of print magazine called Smith Magazine. Everyone has a story. And we will get stories from all sorts of people, kind of like People Magazine in, in, to some extent, maybe a little bit more long form. But we'll treat these stories, we'll treat these storytellers like professional writers, and we'll edit them, we'll have them do the writing, kind of user-generated, and we'll do good design. And I believe that if you help regular people tell stories, give them some tools and some editing, uh, they'll rise to the occasion and we'll have this hit. And a lot of every single door in traditional publishing closed on me. Mm. And then 9-11 happened and I was living in the Lower East Side at the time. And um, now now we're in 2001. We're a long time ago. And uh, this this didn't change that trajectory. But um, what 9-11, in fact, uh, before I was running around trying to get this idea of a storytelling magazine by regular people, I saw what the New York Times did by publishing these days and days and days of called Portraits of Grief where they had these great reporters talk to everyone who died uh, at the World Trade Center, at the Pentagon, and in Pittsburgh, and they talked to their family members, and they wrote three 400-word obituaries for everyone. And Hmm. people were just on the subway weeping. And that did tell me that, actually, there's there's an audience for this. There's a beautiful audience for this. Didn't mean I got any kind of magazine made out of that. And then finally, um, in 2006, after trying to get the money to do it properly and, you know, and to have funding and things, I did what you can do in 2006. I popped a website online for, you know, server cost, what, $20 a month back then, right? (laughs) And I created Smith Magazine, tagline, everyone has a story, what's yours? And we had a lot of different story ideas uh, by regular people. Life-changing moments, put it in this section. Did you have a crazy breakup with an ex? Put it in this section. Um, uh, we did, uh, recreations of stories like what happened to hurricane, hurricane Katrina, but in graphic novel form, we did a few of those and that all sounds great, but my genius, uh, plan for monetization was web ads. That was silly. Um, and it didn't really work, but mm-hmm. at the end of 2006, I had this other idea 
which was, what if we took, and this is, here's really the origin story I think you're thinking about. What if we took the old Hemingway novel that some of us may have heard in school, grade school, and it could be true, probably a literary legend. As the story goes, Hemingway was once challenged to write a whole novel in just six words, for sale, baby shoes never worn. Maybe true, probably legend, who cares? Uh, that is the origin of the six word novel. And I said to my community on what was called Smith Magazine, now at sixwordmemoirs.com, what if we gave the Hemingway novel a personal twist? I called it the six word memoir. I had a, I had a volunteer co-editor named Rachel Fersleiser, who's still in publishing and amazing. And we just popped it on our website. Oh, and Kelton, one more little thing. I had just been at a web conference in San Francisco about like the future of the web that I had no business being in with my little like user-generated content website. And I felt like <laughs> an imposter. But I met these guys who also had a couple of part-time employees working for nothing called Twitter. We're in 2006 now. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Why don't, we, why don't we do storytelling together? And they said, I said, what if we did like 100-word stories? And they said, oh, it's way too much, man. But, but literally, give us a call <laughs> if we ever have a shorter idea. So in 2000, November 2006, you could call Twitter and like, I don't know if it was Biz Stone or Jack Dorsey who answered, but literally it was like Twitter. I'm like, hey, man, remember me from the conference? And two days later on what was called smithmag.net, now Six Word Memoirs, and this goofy little thing called Twitter, which didn't have an E at the end, that like, you know, we yeah. launched it. And for five minutes, I had the most Twitter followers of anyone with like 180 <laughs> followers or something. But the thing was, as much as Twitter was quite small, and they're much bigger now, but, you know, are they really happy? Um, the thing was, um, they had a lot of people who had blogs and had this thing called Twitter. And they were the low-hanging literary fruit of the coasts, you know? Mm. And they really got this idea of six words out. And back then, if you shared a six-word memoir, it just went to my inbox. And in a week, I had like 5,000 six-word memoirs. And it wow. kept growing and growing and growing. And all it was was a one-month contest on Twitter. The winner of the best six-word memoir would win an, an iPod, uh, which was a, a pretty good prize in 2006, which I went and bought <laughs> at the Apple Store. The winning six-word memoir as crowdsourced by our little community when crowdsourcing was a new thing uh, was Barrister Barista, What's the Diff Mom? So many good <laughs> things happening in those six <laughs> words. But of course, this was working. So I kept it going. It took me about a year and a half to actually rechange my website. So it was all about six words because, you know, it's so hard to kill your darlings. You know, I love the other projects, but there was no real path to profit or even book deals. We did a couple of books off the other projects, but nothing like six words. And basically the six word memoir project was born and it's taken a million different folks. And the 10th book comes out um, any day now. Um, in the fall of 2021. And it's been a, really a 15-year journey um, that has, um, it's been just, frankly, more meaningful uh, than I ever expected. Yeah, yeah. And probably more meaningful today um, in the midst of these kind of concentric crises that we're facing, including the pandemic, which uh, a terrible, horrible, no good year, hundreds of stories on the pandemic, which is the 10th in that series, kind of takes on, right? So you're, you've solicited kids, parents, and teachers sharing these six-word pandemic stories. Yeah, you've got to have some faves there. Um, opens with a pandemic, zero out of five stars. Uh, a really, a really <laughs> amazing That's fun, right? six-word memoir by Penelope Williams, age 11. 
Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Um, but these are all fun. I mean, there's something so, um, evocative and you know this kind of micro fiction micro blogging phenomenon is something that really kind of speaks to this moment in time doesn't it with our shortest attention spans and i mean, I mean it, it really does and and you know i think the reason the six word memoir first hit you know over a decade ago was because if someone says hey what's your story tell me about your life and you're staring at a blank computer screen a blank space with the person in front of you or a blank piece of paper it's super scary. It's scary for best-selling writers. It's scary for third graders. It's scary for, scary for new writers to start getting going, you know, breaking mm. the ice. And, you know, you know that, you know, I know you're so, uh, you're good about talking to writers and editors and agents about process. So if you can start with six words and just get going, right? And then from there, you might write many more six-word memoirs or just a longer story and you break the ice. That's a really helpful thing for all of us. And one, and so when we're talking about identity, well, what happened? Describe yourself. I don't know. Okay, describe yourself in six words. Okay, um, here's one of mine. Big hair, big heart, big hurry. What does that mean? Now let's get talking. We can open that up. Mm -hmm. And what happened when the first book came out was that um, teachers, you know, saw it, and I never expected it would be in classrooms, but they saw, oh, I could teach this. I can use this kind of tool for catal this catalyst to conversation and ultimately connection. Because when we know each other's stories, we connect more to get these kids talking. And what yeah. I found was, the teachers told me was, when you can write a story and be done in six words, even if it's not the end of the lesson, you feel success. And I feel success when, when I write six words. And when Frank McCourt, the, the late Frank McCourt, sent me six words, um, the miserable childhood led to royalties. Well, I don't know if he felt success <laughs> in those six words, but you know, like there's a life story. 
So when, when COVID hit, I don't know how to make a mask or intubate anyone or be all that useful. You know what I mean? I can barely make sourdough bread. But what I could do, which I've been doing for years, is provide a simple free teacher's guide for teachers to teach six-word memoirs. So I made a new one on the pandemic. Here's some prompts. Here's some examples. And they downloaded that guide more in the first six months than the previous five guides combined. And then they started sending me the stuff that came in. And it was amazing. It was things like for sale, prom dress, never worn, or big plans today. Oh, never mind. Um, or, or then they started telling me things that, that their parents were saying to them. Can we not talk about Roblox, which is like, you know, a gaming platform <laughs> that makes anybody with a kid like uh, miserable um, or, mm-hmm. you know, celebrated birthday, only me at home. So as they started sharing these stories in classrooms that around the dinner table and at home. It helped these kids, and honestly, all of us make sense of something that like life we're all going through. My project started just about you like we all live right? So that's what we have in common. Now we all have the second thing in common. We've all gone through this pandemic, whether we like it or not, whether we believe in vaccinations or not. And the kids had a way to kind of take part in that conversation. And that's what I think is like the kind of, for me, and I'm used to this now, but when I saw this, this form was a surprising form of giving kids agency. You know, self-expression is a form of therapy. And my mom is a social worker. And I heard too much of that growing up. Mm. I never wanted to be in that business, but I kind of am, you know? And so this book is uh, both a time capsule through the lens of education. It's all by teachers, students, and parents of something that would happen, but it's also a way at this moment, as this moment as we talk together in the fall of 2021 to still make sense of something we're all going through. Yeah. 100%. 100%. The first, um, and you know, we have an epigram in the book never done before. This was by a teacher named Rebecca Klein. And she says in six words, you're a primary source. Take notes. Yeah, right? I love that. How are we going to tell the story of this pandemic? Through best-selling books that Michael Lewis will write and Atlantic writers will write. But we're also going to tell it by those who lived it, which is all of us. One person. And in my book, six words at a time. Yeah. Yeah, kind of going back to your ethos. And yeah, it, it, I mean, I do think um, the idea of a time capsule of the human experience is, is compelling and, and definitely apropos. Yeah, this has got to feel pretty good for you, kind of coming to uh, a milestone of, of 10 in the series. Um, and then, yeah, sharing, sharing the experience and, of course, um, kind of acting as a, also an educator of sorts. Um, what's next for you? Ed? You know, how are you feeling about kind of this evolution? And then, and then, what do you do now? Well, it's interesting. I know. I mean, it's interesting. You sort of say how that has changed. It really has changed. Sometimes you kind of just move so fast, like you know, you almost don't like process it. But mm-hmm. I was a journalist. I loved it. I liked to ask people questions. I liked like diving into to worlds and learning about it and writing about it and and super fun and, and a very like lucky, fortunate way to make a living. Um, but I realized at some point, I don't know what that point was, that like, I was a journalist, but now I'm a community storyteller, you know? And I still do a little bit of journalism, but I have a tool that I, I work very hard to get the word out about, that it's open to anyone, and hopefully they'll come to the website and do, be in books and teach it in their classrooms. And so that that tool has, you know, kind of many spokes and avenues and utilities is wonderful. Um, 
And so that the it's been so powerful in classrooms is uh, does make me feel really good. And to answer the question, what's next? Um, probably the, the kind of the most monumental chapter in the six word story is that um, I'm now working with a company which is helping create a process for any teacher in any classroom to download a few materials, uh, including a teaching guide for students. Basically, I would say I've been in a lot of classrooms. In third grade, six-word memoirs get really good. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. the first third grade classroom I was in, in one class of 25 kids, the following six-word memoirs were shared. And they made a little book like they Xeroxed it and like put a little binder on it and they gave it to me and I cherish it and take it everywhere when I give talks and things. Um, Life is better in soft pajamas. Right, like that's some Zen mastery stuff. At eight, nine. <laughs> totally. um, eight years old, combed hair twice, and this one, uh, which I've, I, 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 I joked, you know, to the teacher. I don't know whether we should call her parents the New Yorker. A little girl looked me in the eye and said, "Mr. Smith, my six words are nine years stacked within my soul." <laughs> Whoa, honey, it's going to be all right. I mean, you have no idea what's coming, but you're a good writer. And so, where is she now? Right. But yeah. um, we've created a way for, and they made a little classroom book for any classroom to teach six-word memoirs, make a book, send it to this publishing company, a self-publishing company, teach, um, and then parents can order it. Like, hey, it's all the six words from, like, you know, Billy Johnson's fourth-grade class. It's mm-hmm. all the six words from uh, eighth-graders. But eighth-graders have an option to do backstories because they're a little more advanced. The younger kids have a spot to do a six-word illustration. And it comes back and it looks good. It's a, it's a, you know, a hardcover book or, or soft cover for the older, more literary uh, elementary and high school. So I guess we're kind of like TEDxing the six word memoir project where mm-hmm. anyone can do it. And, and then you memorialize fourth grade or you, you know, you, you can look back in 20 years and like, wow, these were my, my friends in ninth grade. And we all wrote our intense and amazing six word memoirs because we're in ninth grade, you know, and here's mm-hmm. what they all wrote, you know, their 600 word backstories. So it's uh, going to grow in a different way and growing mainly through the lens and avenue of education. And if it works, um, I'll feel like I'll be in education for the next few years of my life or who knows how long. So, so that's an unexpected, an unexpected uh, future for me and six word memoirs. Outstanding. That seems like a, a worthy project and one that, that I'm sure that a lot of classrooms are going to get a lot out of. Um, talk a little bit about this latest title, because one of my favorite books growing up was by an author named Judith Viorst, and uh, it was Alexander and the No Good. Terrible, horrible, no good year. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's, it's, it's very fitting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so, I mean, you nailed it, right? So I played with a bunch of titles. You know, I often use a title from um, from one of the memoirs, like uh, the, when we did a book of six-word memoirs by teens, the title was one of the memoirs by, you know, a random teen, not some famous teen, yeah. although we, we did have Taylor Swift in that back when she was a teenager, which was, by did the way, really? my diary. Yeah, my diary <laughs> is read by everyone. Taylor Swift, age 18. <laughs> Genius, right? But mostly it's not, you know, mostly our books have a few celebrities, but it's mostly about anyone can submit and, and, and most people have never been in a book before. So yeah, so that book was called, I can't keep my own secrets, six word memoirs by teens. And I was, you know, we were going to name it something like for sale, prom dress, never worn or something mm. like that. But I thought there really isn't one that gets through the three lenses of teachers, parents and students. So we went with that echo to the famous children's book, 
And people, what people said to me was, you really need to call it a terrible, horrible, no good years because we're at the plural now. But mm-hmm. it's a little, so, it's a, <laughs> so it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a tribute to that. And it's a little bit playful because you know what? You will absolutely laugh if you read this book. Not every page you'll cry, but here's one. This is by a parent. Quota of family time was exceeded. <laughs> I mean, it's like I know. And then here's another parent, which I think I actually I think he's a parent. We put the ages of students by the things. Well, here's one by a student. K-pop saving lives note by note. And then <laughs> a parent says, TikToking my way out of this, you know? So uh, you know, I this book will absolutely break your heart as the pandemic has broken <laughs> all of our hearts, but you will laugh. You will absolutely laugh. There's an illustration. We have about 16, no, we have about 30 illustrations in it. And this yeah. one uh, illustrator from the Kansas City Art Institute uh, undergrad uh, has uh, like a, he has a, like a stage and it looks like uh, Bo Burnham is like the, is, is the comedian. Um, and it just says jokes at a time like this, like amazing, right? <laughs> like there, yeah. there can be jokes. There can be yeah. jokes. You know? Well, I like I like this self-illustrated one by Lucas Smith. I'm assuming it's self-illustrated. Um, finally, I can mute my teacher. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you know this because Smith is a common name, but Lucas Smith is my son. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and um, uh, it doesn't the, say your, that. Your, your listeners can't can't see it, but um, he's inspired by Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Mo Williams. Oh, yeah. so those who have kids will that's familiar. And oh, yeah. um, it's just. Yeah, he's got, so he's at the, he's at, in the illustration, he's at his Chromebook and he has an arrow stress ball and an arrow <laughs> zoom school. He's a piece of work. Um, and you know, he's, he's a, my piece of work. Yeah. Uh, when he was three, his first six word memoir was, and most three-year-olds don't do this, but if you live with me, there's no avoiding it. His is, I said, all right, Lucas, tell me about your life in six words. And he said, play, 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 play. Right. <laughs> That's, there it is. That's a good one to remember. Um, Right next to him is this image of um, a bottle of hand sanitizer and in the pool of liquid, uh, a young 10 year old named Darshana Chandra says, hand sanitizer scarred me for life. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. We've got the whole range of emotions yeah. on two pages of something that 10 year olds and five year olds and 95 year olds, we are indeed all in this together, which is six words. And um you know, it's, um, it's a wild time. I really hope this time is over. Um, I wish I didn't have to do a book about the pandemic, but, um, if we're going to have a pandemic. Let's try to tell this story together, you know? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, uh, before we wrap, I wanted to talk about, you know, something that's pretty timely, I think with the revelation of, you know, Facebook and, and, kind of this research about Instagram and how it's kind of detrimental to, um, the mental well-being of, of teens. Talk a little bit about kind of, I don't know, the, the power of storytelling and, and I don't know, just something about lifting these digital native, you know, teens who are now, you know, have grown up with, with social media and that we know now is, is you know, kind of, I guess what we're calling like c- cigarettes in a way, right? Like digital cigarettes. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about the power of kind of lifting them out of these kind of social media doldrums in this critical juncture where the, you know, how do we, how do we get them out of these filter bubbles? I mean, that's, um, that's, that's a question I honestly didn't think you're going to ask, ask, but I'm so glad you asked because it, it's a question I've been thinking about for a while. And when six words first started, Twitter was just getting going and Facebook was getting more mainstream. I don't think Snapchat existed yet. 
And sometimes uh, uh, interviewers would say to me, would say, well, you know, like Larry, like, I mean, how can you tell a story in six words? And I would say, well, uh, married by Elvis, divorced by Friday. I just told you a story in six words, right? Or, you know, um, or, you know, uh, uh, breathe one syllable at a time by Tina Chang, the poet laureate. Or yes, here's one from Jimmy Wales. Yes, you can edit my biography. That's a story. And so I would say, oh, we know that. Oh, then they would say, well, isn't this short form kind of stopping storytelling and kind of ruining things and ADD? And I said, well, I, I can't speak for Twitter and, and Snapchat eventually and Facebook, but I can say this. I think what I'm doing is AD deep, you know, and that even if kids are on Twitter and Instagram, which is a little more of a positive experience, and I don't mean like young kids, like if we're helping them tell stories, if they're starting by posting, you know, they don't, teens don't do Facebook so much anymore, just to getting used to self-expression and we're not only telling our secrets and our, 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 not our secrets, telling um, our emotions and sharing what matters to us in a diary that's tucked under a bed hidden from your parents. I think that's a good thing for the future, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the and I, I do think that some people come on to Six Word Memoirs and start doing six words and they do five and 10,000 of them. Some of these people are over 60 years old and some are, you know, under 20 for we have a teen section. And, and it's kind of addictive, but I think in a fun way. But I think that self-expression is only good for mental health. I think what I'm doing, which is true and personal storytelling, we hope anything that's shared on a, on a website or social media on my channels and in, uh, in the books is true and personal. I think when you release a story in six words and more, two great things happen. You release it, and that's an emotion that can be very powerful. And I've worked with veterans, and I've worked with people at suicide prevention centers to help this this way to start storytelling. But then someone else can catch it. And if you and I are talking, and I say something that resonates with you or a family member, um, only you're catching it. But if you if you put something out on uh, Six Word Memoirs, our Twitter, and which is um, Mom's Alzheimer's, she forgets. I remember. So many other people who may be experiencing those six words in their own way or know someone is, they feel something. So in that sense, I think the short form of storytelling, and I'm more of a community site, and yes, we have social media, is really doing amazing things. And not just on six words, obviously, but I'm just talking about what I do right now. Um, I think, you know, uh, we we can talk about privacy alone on, on Facebook and some of the other platforms horrible mm-hmm. and our privacy is great you know we don't even have ads um so i think it's scary and i think that it's hard to be a parent these days and i think we need to take how we monitor and and talk about uh these platforms with our kids and, and understand them which is really difficult because i don't really want to talk about roblox but i have to sometimes <laughs> and i think like anything when you understand how something works at least you can get inside the head of the kid who's addicted to it but what I also say to my own son is they're smarter than us and YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms, they have ways to make you keep pressing buttons, you know, and I can't monitor every button. So I have to block some stuff, you know, um, mm-hmm. but it is, I, I, I mean, it is like anything. We wouldn't let our kid walk out of the house with a pack of cigarettes, right? So um, mm-hmm. we do talk to our kids about alcohol and drugs, right? Um, and how frontal lobes grow after the age of 21. And now I think it's 25, which is why, you know, we'll talk about that. So I think about it all the time. I think about uh, all I can do is try to hold six words accountable. And like, you know, the good news is we've been, 
we've been really lucky because it's a lovely community. It's not as book as any big as any of these platforms, but my my uh, my aims and goals aren't that. My aims are to help spread storytelling, one story and six words at a time. And um, as a parent, I'm thinking about all the things so many of your listeners are thinking about. Love that. Spread the words. And uh, that's pretty inspiring, Larry. Um, I will point at sixwordmemoirs.com. Of course, those resources for teachers and educators um, are at sixinschools.com. I'll link to all of these That's in the right. show notes. You um, are at sixwordsmith.com. I see you're on Twitter. We've connected there. Is there yeah. anywhere else you want to point um, listeners just for resources? That's enough links for the listeners. But yeah, if you're a teacher, please come to sixinschools.com. If you just want to check out Six Word Memoirs, share a story, comment on a story, that's just sixwordmemoirs.com. Um, all the stuff I do speaking in schools and companies, it's Six Word Smith. But uh, yeah, just check it out. I think that, um, you know, uh, the joy of six is the joy of storytelling. It's an easy way to start writing. And a lot of people who are maybe stuck with writing, it's a, it's, it's a good way to start with six words and see where it goes. <laughs> All it took was six words. Larry, thank you so much for taking the time to enlighten us about um, this really fascinating and worthy endeavor of yours. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. Please stay healthy and keep, uh, yeah, keep writing. Do you have any advice on, uh, you know, just how to, how to keep your chin up during challenging times for, uh, kind of, uh, your fellow writers out there? Well, I just want to first say it's, it's so great to be on your show. And I have, I feel like I've learned so much from, from, uh, your guests that it's nice to hopefully give a little back. Um, yeah. and in terms of these challenging times, um, you know what? Get outside, take a walk when you're six feet away in that supermarket and hopefully for not much longer, you know, take your head up from your phone, even if you're on sixwordmemoirs.com and, <laughs> and say, hey, can you describe your life in six words? You know, it's this goofy thing I heard in a podcast or I saw heard on the radio. Like, it's, yeah, here's my six word memoir. That's why I wear six word memoir T-shirts. I have a T-shirt that says, you know, big hair, big heart, big hurry. I have a T-shirt that <laughs> says, from this you make a living, which is six words. I'm like, oh, what's that? And then we talk. Have a conversation. Talk to strangers. Something we really learned during the pandemic is the value of talking to our neighbors. Let's not let that end. There's nothing better than other people. And, um, you know, it, it, it fuels me on the tough days, and I hope it can fuel uh, some of your listeners. Well, we, we value your time. Please come back, wrap with us in the future. And uh, it's really, truly been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Writer Files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us. You can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.